Welcome to Grace Covenant Church, D.C. You're listening to our weekly sermon podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message. Well, I'm excited to uh, dive into the Word of God. If you have your Bible, open up to Galatians 5. We're going to be in Galatians 5 today. I want to share a message um, that God's put on my heart entitled Yield. We're going to be talking about yielding. And um, I... I want to conclude today, I want to, as we study Galatians 5, uh, dive into what it means to yield, talking about the Holy Spirit. And then I want to share with you, as I've been praying for you as a church, Grace Covenant, D.C., God put some things on my heart that I think this message applies to. And I want to share that word that God's kind of put on my heart for this church. So that's okay at the end. Sound good? All right, Galatians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 16. I turned 40 this last year, which means I got these. (laughs) But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit... You are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You guys have been talking about the kingdom, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. But those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Father, we invite you to come by your Holy Spirit. Teach us today, for you are the teacher. And I ask that the words of man would fall away, but the word of God would remain forever. In the name of Jesus, everybody said? Amen. Amen. I'm getting a little feedback from this one right here, if we could figure that out. It's uh, It's ringing in my ear. You know, um, uh, the message I want to share with you is yield. And um, this idea of yielding, uh, I don't know about you, I, I don't really like yield signs. Do you like yield signs? You know, like, I just want to go. You know, give me a green light. Give me a go. And, and it, honestly, uh, uh, I mean, a, a caution or a yellow light or a yield, that just means go faster. Right? We're just going to go fast. We're going to beat the light. We're going to get through it. We're going to go through it. Because, man, it slows you down. You've got places to go, people to see, things to do. Now, I do not want to be a part of Here's the issue. In my following Jesus over the years, I feel sorry. It's probably the most indicative of what represents my following Jesus. I feel sorry. I want to solve the what is that? Why is that? Um, it, 
it's, I want to do something. And sometimes God doesn't actually say green light go. He doesn't always give me a stop sign or a red light to stop. When I want to do something, God will put up a yield sign. Just hold on and wait. Just yield for a moment. Yield to me. Yield to what I want to speak to you. Somebody else wants me to do something. It's not so much a green light or red light all the time. Oftentimes, it's a yield sign. It's a yellow light. It's a proceed with caution. Paul here is writing to the Galatians. And this church that was dealing with a lot of, uh, of, lot of issues, uh, right? They were, they were dealing with how to become this kingdom how to become this new community that, that Jesus proclaimed. How do, you, how do you deal with one another, the, the Jew and the Gentile coming together? How do they eat at the same table and interact with one another when there had been walls of separation for so long? How, how do these two groups, how, do this, how does this new community relate with one another? And it's clear as you read through this uh, letter that they're having some problems. By the way, if you're in a church that has problems, you're in a good spot. Because I haven't been to a church yet that doesn't have problems. And if you're looking for the perfect church, you're going to be looking for a long time. Because even the first century church with the apostles wasn't a perfect church. We know that because we got letters from Paul to them telling them all their problems. And here's what you can be glad about. No one's writing Anybody about your problems right now? <laughs> Isn't that good news? So things could be a lot worse for you. So, so they have some problems. They have some issues, and it's addressed here in the book. Paul's teaching them, here's how you got to relate with one another. Here's how you walk reconciled to one another. Here's how you live out this, this new community that Jesus is establishing, this kingdom that he's establishing together. And he, he divides it by contrasting the flesh and the spirit. Uh, there's two ways to live. You can live by the flesh, or you can live by the Spirit, Paul says. Now, with this idea of, of living by the flesh and living by the Spirit, both produce fruit of sorts. It says, and it lists, the fruit or the works of the flesh. It's really not a fruit. Paul calls them works. Everyone say works. Uh, this is the works or the thing that living by the flesh produces. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Any guesses of some of the sins they were dealing with? Idolatry, sorcery. And then there's a whole list of, of sins that have to do about relationships. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. All of these things are issues that we're, they're dealing with one with another. And these are producing, this is what walking in or living by the flesh is producing, those kind of things in them. And what's interesting is um, left to our own flesh, we just give a green light to all of that stuff. If we're living by the flesh, we just, this is what comes out of it. Enmity and strife and jealousy, fits of anger and rage, sexual issues. I mean, all of these things just become, come out of this, living by the flesh. But what's interesting is God's answer isn't necessarily just a red light to those things. It's actually 
a yield sign. It's, uh, I want you to yield, not to the flesh, but to the other way of living, which is the spirit. And the spirit has fruit too. And the fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruit of the spirit. So Paul here is contrasting. There's two ways to live. The way of the flesh. There's the way of the spirit. Both produce things. And we need to be aware of what they are producing. But it's interesting. God's answer to the flesh is not simply a red light. Here's why, where this matters. Because some of you grew up in congregations. Some of you grew up in denominations. Some of you grew up in cultures and or friends or family that you were raised in where it was all about the red lights. It was all about what not to do, right? Don't do this. Don't do this. You're going to go to hell if you do that. And if you do this, if you even think about that, you're going to hell for sure. Did anybody, was anybody raised in that kind of environment? It was all about what not to do. But God's answer isn't just a list of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Instead, he says, no, no, no. What you need to do is yield to the Spirit. Verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Man, let me just tell you. My whole life following Jesus has really been about trying to figure out how to follow the Spirit and not follow the flesh. Can, can you relate with that? How do, I, how do I walk by the Spirit of God and not walk by the flesh? And what does that look like in my desires, in my expectations, in my responsibilities? How do I begin to walk in the Spirit and stay in step with the Spirit? Because the answer isn't just not doing that, it's to do this. Let me give you an example. I need help. Renelle, would you help me out? Let's give Renelle a big hand. Any, um, come on, stand right here. And I need Elder, Elder Brandon, would you come up? Let's give it up to one of your amazing leaders to come help me. Just stand right over there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Elder Brandon be uh, the flesh. <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to be the spirit because I'm preaching today. All right? So, all right. Renelle is a, is, a, is a Christ follower. He's trying to follow Jesus. He's just like, you know, he met Jesus on the campus and now he's doing things for God and he's trying to honor God with his life and he's got a twin that's identical and he's trying to, like, he's amazing. And, and he, he, he has an opportunity. Is he going to walk in the flesh or is he going to walk in the spirit? If he walks in the flesh, what does that look like for now? <laughs> he's walking over that. Yeah, I like the drama in that. I love it. All right, come on back. All right, now walk in the Spirit. If you're walking the Spirit, which way are you going to go? All right? All right, I like this. All right, all right, come on back. We didn't even practice this. All right, so now I, I want you to go ahead and follow both. Uh, <laughs> now, now, the truth of the matter is, if he's trying to follow both, he's not following anyone, right? But here's the deal. If he decides, I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. I'm going to walk with the Spirit. Come walk with the Spirit, Renel. Wherever the Spirit goes, Renel goes. And here's the thing about the Spirit. The Spirit loves people. And the Spirit is generous. 
And the Spirit's kind. And the Spirit of God cares and looks not just to his own desires, but brings peace wherever he comes. He brings joy. And he loves. And love is sacrificial. Love isn't looking out for what itself. What I've discovered is, when I'm following the Spirit, the things of the flesh begin to fall away. It's not about deciding not to do them anymore or follow that path. It's that we're so busy following the Spirit wherever He goes and He has things for us to do because the Spirit doesn't sit around doing nothing. The Spirit doesn't watch Netflix. The Spirit doesn't do that. You know what the Spirit does? The Spirit is moving and active and ministering to people wherever the Spirit goes. And the answer that the, Paul is giving the Galatians is don't just try in yourself, in your discipline, in your works not to live that way. Be active in following the Spirit of God. Let's go ahead and give these guys a hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. This is important. This is important because um, so much of our lives following Jesus, we try to just, okay, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But, but have you ever been on a diet? And you're like, I'm not going to eat any sweet stuff. And then it's like sweet stuff's everywhere. And all you can think about is, yeah. No, 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 no. What do you got to do? You got to get, you got to do stuff. You got to be engaged. You got to, and when you start engaging, you start exercising, you start hanging out with other people, you start doing, what happens? All the desire begins to fade. Here, here's the thing. When you're walking with the Spirit of God, it produces something in you. Now, when you're walking in the flesh, it produces something in you too, right? Walking by the flesh, you're producing all kinds of sin and strife and issues with one another. All those things are bubbling up as you follow the flesh. But when you're walking in the Spirit, it produces fruit. And that fruit is called the fruit of the Spirit, and it only comes by following and walking with Him. It doesn't come by working real hard. It doesn't come by trying harder. It comes by simply going where he goes, doing what he does, does caring, what he, caring for what he cares about. I, I, grew up, um, I grew up in West Texas. Now, uh, my mom and dad weren't farmers, but my grandparents were all farmers. And when I'd go visit my grandparents' house, they always had fruit trees. And my favorite fruit tree was the peach tree, Right? Because the peaches were awesome. You could go grab one of those peaches right off the limb. You could eat it. It was amazing. We had fruit trees everywhere. And you had to, we canned peaches. We froze peaches because they'd all come ripe at once. You can't eat them all. I tried. <laughs> but when there's a hundred trees, you cannot eat all the, all the good fruit, right? So you, you have to preserve them. And one of the things of all the time I've spent around a peach tree and around fruit trees in general, you know what I've never seen? A peach tree or any fruit tree reach over and eat itself. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen a fruit tree eat itself? Eat its own fruit? Why? Because a fruit tree produces fruit for others. You think that the fruit in your life produced by the Spirit's for you. 
It isn't. The fruit that is produced by the Spirit in your life, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the self-control, the faithfulness, all that. You know who it's for? Everyone around you. It's for your friend. It's for your roommate. It's for your neighbor. It's for your spouse. It's for your kids. It's for your grandkids. It's for those that are around you. It's for your coworkers. That's who the fruit's for. And that's helpful to know. Because the idea of, oh, I'm going to follow Jesus so I got peace in my life. No, no, no. You follow Jesus so wherever you go, that peace comes out. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to follow Jesus so I got more joy. Like he's a supplement that we're just taking. No, no, no. You go because when you follow him, there's a joy that you tap into that is absolutely magnetic around all those that you are around. Listen, this is important for us to get. If you wonder what kind of fruit you're producing, just ask the people that know you best. But be warned. This can be a damaging conversation. I've had to ask my wife at times, what kind of fruit am I producing? And let me just tell you, don't ask unless you're ready to hear the answer. Has there been fits of anger and jealousy? Have you noticed coarse language coming out of my mouth? Have I been envious of our neighbors and our friends? And is that the kind of fruit that I'm producing means I'm walking and flowing in the flesh. Am I becoming kinder? When I walk into rooms, God's love come too and his peace. See, these are the, the questions that when we really begin to do a fruit check in our life, we get to know what kind of tree we are. And this is where the words Paul uses for fruit and works are different. He says, from when you live by the flesh, it's a work. But when you are led by the spirit, it's a fruit. Trees produce life. Trees produce fruit. They don't have to try. A peach tree's not like... Come on, I know I need to produce some things. Boop. All they need, I got to do is sit in the sun and soak up the water and stay rooted in the soil. And fruit just comes. Sometimes too much fruit. Sometimes, like, uh, I mean, it's just an abundance of fruit. See, it's not something you got to work for. Uh, with that in mind, I, I, I've been thinking when Paul tells the Galatians in verse 24 of, five, that we, of chapter 5, it says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So get this picture. The flesh has been crucified with Christ, meaning we're no longer slaves to the flesh. What does that mean? Here's what it means. Before Jesus, all we could do is produce the things the flesh could produce. Before Jesus, it was just enmity, strife, 
fits of anger, sexual immorality. Those are things that just came out. Why? Because, because that we were a slave to sin. But now Jesus has come. And this is what Paul's telling the Galatians. Jesus has come and he set you free from the flesh. He's crucified. It's dead. And now you have the opportunity to choose. Will you continue to follow the way of the flesh or will you walk in the spirit of God? You didn't even have an opportunity before Christ, but now after Christ Jesus, you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you get to choose. Are you going to go through the old patterns of your old way of life? Or will you begin to blaze new paths following the Spirit of God wherever he leads? That's the question that stands in front of us. So if that's true, the, the Holy Spirit is living in us and he produces fruit when we begin to follow him. How do we fulfill the great commission, the great commandment Jesus talks about? Remember that? Jesus in, in the Gospels is talking, Matthew 22, that you're to love God and love people, right? In Matthew 28, he says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Now, in every nation, we take that real seriously. We're going, we're going to make it. We're excited about how we're going to do it. We're going to love God. We're going to love people. We're going to make disciples. Here we go. But let me propose to you, we cannot do any of that without the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And we can't produce the fruit of the Spirit by discipline and by some great mission statement. We can only do it by following the Spirit of God. By going where He leads. How can we love people the way He wants us to love people without fruit of the Spirit? You don't love people just by knowing you need to. You do it because God has loved you. And now you have love to love him back. Uh, I, I have um, an amazing family, several biological kids, and our last one's adopted. And I've shared a little bit of our story here in the past. But here's what I, here's what I, I discovered. With our biological kids, it's pretty easy to love them because they look like me. <laughs> I know that sounds pretty selfish, but it's true. They're just handsome. <laughs> Come on. They're just beautiful little babies. They look like their mama, you know? It's, I, I chose mama. I like her. So like, if they look like her, that's even better. And they look so great. And they never had to learn much to love me. You know why? Because I feed them. And when they came out, I'm the one who held them. And mom held them. It was really natural. But when we adopted Anna, and she came into our world, did you know? She didn't love us. When she walked into that strange house with those strange people, a strange bed, everything was strange. She didn't love us until we loved her. And once we loved her, then she could take the love that we gave her and love us back. Yeah. Faith is not works and following the flesh. Faith is receiving the love and the grace of Jesus and loving him back with it. And when we begin to follow in the spirit, he gives us love to love other people with. Even people that are hard to love. How do we fulfill the great commission to love people? 
How do we do what Jesus says? We only do it by the Holy Spirit. We only do it by the fruit that he produces in us. It's going to take fruit to love the people he's called you to love. People that are different than you. Jesus said, love your enemies. It was just a few months ago in our cities. um, There was a man who lost his job. And um, he lost his job and he had a big, big deal with his employer and the cops were called and it was tough. They all walked away, but he was angry. And later that day, he got pulled over by the cops in an unrelated, unrelated to his getting fired earlier and unbeknownst to the officer that pulled him over. He was angry and out of the back, window as the cop began to come up to his car. He began to shoot the cop as he, began, as he came up close. And then he sped off. And it began about a 50-minute moment in the city of Odessa and Midland where he shot 30 people in various places all over our cities and killed seven. Eventually losing his own life in a standoff. Let me ask you a question. How can I look at the victims of those families that are in our community and say, Jesus tells you to love your enemies. How can they produce love for a man like that? How can they produce love for an enemy? And I'm going to propose to you the only way we can love our enemies is not by discipline or a mission statement or values. The only way we can do it is by being led by the Spirit of God, remaining in Him, and the fruit of the Spirit that He develops in our lives, taking that fruit and sharing it with others. That's the only way you're going to reach D.C. That's, That's the only way we're going to reach every nation in our generation that we talk about in our movement so readily is through the fruit of the Spirit in our own lives being available for others. So how do we do this? Every moment and every day is an opportunity to walk and be led by the Spirit of God. There... The term there is interesting uh, that Paul uses when he says, keep in step with the Spirit. I like that, ter- I like that phrase. Because uh, he uses the word walk and live interchangeably. If you have some, some of your translations, it says walk with the Spirit, live by the Spirit. But it also says in the ESV, keep in step with the Spirit. And it, and it gives you the idea of dancing. Um, I love dancing. Um, I, don't, I know I don't look like it. Um, I don't look like a big dancer. But me and my wife, uh, when we were in college, we would go to these um, dance halls. And uh, they would teach you certain kinds of traditional dances. And for like a few bucks, they'd have a teacher teaching you. And then they would have a live band playing, like a, like a, a swing band playing. And then you got to dance in an old school ballroom. It was so fun. And we did this in college. And so every time I'm at a wedding and there's a dance, we get excited. And I drag her onto the floor. I'm like, ooh, come on, you know. And she's like, 
Yeah, we, do, we dance. We get down. I love it. I love it. I'm cheesy, and I, I embrace it, and I embarrass my children. All right? So that's just cool. Whatever. And uh, so at these dances, at these dances, uh, I've noticed there's a tradition. I don't know if the dances you go to, there's this tradition. But there's a tradition where the DJ will call, if you're married, get out on the dance floor. So everybody that's married gets out on the dance floor and they start dancing. And, um, and then he goes, if you've been married less than two hours, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, the wedding dress, the bride and the groom, oh, okay, they go sit down. It's funny, everybody laughs. If you've been married less than a year, go sit down. And so it thins out a little. If you've been married less than five years, go sit down. Oh, they go sit down. Ten years, and it goes this way up until about 50 or so, right? It always gets like, if you've been married less than 50, go sit down. And there's like one or two couples always at the very end, and they're, they're just kind of <laughs> dance, right? Kind of slow, slow moving, not a lot of choreography going. But if you look closely, if you look real close, there's not a lot of stepping on one another's feet after 50 years. He'll have their hand in his and he'll just kind of caress it and kind of lead her this way. And his hand will be on her back and just a slight pressure and a leading. And they'll just rock back and forth and dance like they've been doing it for 50 plus years. And there's a leader and there's a follower. And they don't step on one another's toes much anymore because they've been doing it that long. This is the picture Paul's giving. Dance with the Spirit. As I follow Jesus, listen, as I follow Jesus, I step on his toes less and less the more I follow. And the more I follow, the more fruit is produced in my life. And the more I try hard to do stuff, the more I live by the flesh, the more I pursue works, the less fruit it produces. And the more I'm, I'm, I'm just a mess. Here's what I want to tell you. Some of you, and this is why I think the Lord had me share this message today. I think some of you have been really trying at this Christian thing really hard. And let me just tell you, congratulations for trying hard. But it probably hasn't produced a lot. The only thing that'll produce is following Jesus wherever he leads and the Spirit of God as he leads you. And stay in step with him. And you know what? That's what you got to worry about. Let me lift some weight off you today. It's not about all the things you're supposed to do. It's not about trying harder and being better. I got to do all this stuff. It's not about avoiding all the hard stuff. It's about doing the right thing with the right person. And you know what? That old couple when they're dancing, they're not thinking about anyone or anything else. They're right there. And you'll be the same way as you begin to follow the lead of God. Oh! Pastor, I want to get married. I've been waiting. They might be here right now. They're sitting next to me, but I don't want to look at them. Just stay right here with me. 
God knows the desire in your heart. Let me just tell you, it's not about all that. It's just you. It's just following and listening to him, whatever's next. Take that next step. Here's why I think it matters for you as a church. What the Lord showed me as I was praying for you. He brought to my mind Joshua. This is praying for grace. Joshua led the Israelites to the new land. There was this promise. This is a promise of land. I'm going to give you land, land that I'm going to show. I've shown, I've promised Abraham, I'm bringing to you. Praise God for the promised land. Aren't you glad for promised land? But you know what? They had to contend for it. I got to be honest. I would prefer not to contend. Like, God, why don't you just give it to me? The promise is God's, and it's true and it's good. But they had to gather the fighting men, and they had to go in and take the land. They had to displace those that were there. They had to, they had to follow the Spirit's leading as they went and discern what he was saying, what he wasn't. They had to, they had to go. And you're going to contend as well, but listen, you're not going to contend with weapons. You're going to contend with love, says the Lord. You better go with fruit of the Spirit personally coming out in your life. Because listen, fruit isn't produced in an orchard. Fruit's produced on a tree. And a whole bunch of trees can produce a lot of fruit. But when you go to this new building, this new location, I'm so glad I was there. I've been there. I was there with Pastor Donnell. We prayed over that thing before it came about. We laid hands on it. I got pictures of him standing in front of it. I, I, I believe it's going to be awesome. But be ready to contend. And how will you contend? You're going to love people that don't love you. You're going to show kindness when it's really hard. There's going to be fruit produced in you going to give you love for people of the community of Washington, D.C., and that area in particular. And as you expand and you plant new sites and new churches, God will do all that. But it ain't going to be about programs and it ain't going to be about church services. It's going to be about individuals, you, producing fruit because you're following the Spirit of God as He leads you and guides you. And as you do that, nothing can hold you back from the land that God wants to give you. Amen? So Lord, I ask you for those that are struggling today. They need your grace. They need your help. They've been trying to do things of the flesh. God, maybe they're even, they're trying to do good things, but they're doing it in their flesh. Maybe they're just trying to not mess up. Their whole focus is just don't mess up today. Don't do the things. And there's just a big stop sign, red lights in front of them. Lord, I just pray that you would produce this yield sign and that you would, they would yield to your spirit as they do in their friendships and their relationships, as they do in this church, as they serve this community, as they do as they move into this new location in the, in the weeks and months and years to come. Lord, I just pray that you would expand that this fellowship of believers, this beautiful orchard of amazing trees would remain in the sun, rooted in the soil, fed by the water 
producing fruit that only you can produce through them. That will attract men and women throughout all of D.C. to come and experience the forgiveness and the grace and the life that only comes through Jesus. Father, thank you for what you're doing here at Grace. We love you and bless you in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about our church or to watch video sermons, visit gracecovdc.org.